All right. Well, hey, welcome into For the Love of Fit. As always, I am Danny. And I am Jake. And tonight we are joined by a very special guest, Matthew Fieldhouse. Fieldhouse, right? Ah, you're good, man. Feldhouse, though. It's German, man. It's hard to pronounce, I know. Feldhouse. Look at it. Feldhouse. House. That Viking, man. (laughs) (laughs) If you're on For the Love of Fit, we're not very cultured. So, Who's this we? Who so, is this we shit? I yeah, said that right. <laughs> Here at For the Love of Fit, I am not very cultured. What a word <laughs> looks like is what you get. So sauerkraut. Oh, I, I hate that word because it's spelled so deceptively. It's just like, no, it's no, no, no. Do you say Bologna too? Actually, I do. <laughs> so, you, so, so you can fuck right off, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we're pretty excited about tonight's episode. But before we jump into all of the uh, all the fun stuff, we're gonna hit it up with the businesses we love. So I'll start off with EMF Fitness Training Studio. If you are in the Hillsboro Beaverton area, you are a personal trainer looking for a place to train. Definitely reach out to Evan McDaniel's with Evan McDaniel's Fitness or EMF Training Studio. Um, it's a great. Uh, Great uh, fit, little fitness facility uh, where trainers can train their clients there. Uh, definitely a lot less foot, foot traffic than the big box gyms, especially now during um, uh, New Year's resolution season, which is you know, still going probably for the next month or so. Yeah. So definitely reach out to them. Or if you're looking for training, definitely reach out to Evan McDaniel's Fitness. He is solid dude, solid trainer. Uh, you, you really can't ask for uh, much better as far as training. So definitely hit them up. And I'd like to give a shout to Gorilla Gains. That's gorilla-gains with a Z dot com. They are a fitness apparel company that you can wear comfortably in and out of the gym. They also make great equipment that helps keep you safe while you train. Check them out. Use the discount code Jake15 to save you 15% on your entire order. My next shout out will be to Royalty Nutrition. That's royaltynutrition.com. They are a veteran owned and operated supplement company that doesn't automatically use the cheapest ingredients in their products to help you reach your fitness goals. Use the discount code 37HAKE for 15% off that whole order as well. Give a, another shout out to my uh, my other podcast I do called the Sober Swole Project. Uh, Jesus. Sober Swole Podcast, the Sober Swole Project. I can't, I've been doing that show for four years. Can't get its name right. <laughs> and you give me crap because I mess up his last name. At least I can say Sober Swole. Sober so, Swole. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if you're interested, also, I have a Patreon where I post uh, old training programs I've written for people, you know, uh, for you to go and look at those. Um, I also do a sober, uh, a solo show uh, on there. There's also an option where you can just give me $3 a month. So, I mean, if you're looking just to support old Jake and my uh, small army of children, I would greatly appreciate that. It's patreon.com backslash Hake Joward. If you send him a DM, he'll send you a foot pick. <laughs> oh, that's where the three dollars go in, baby. There you go. <laughs> nice. I got, I got a, I got a, a funky toe on one side. Makes some money. I do too. I actually get made fun of relentlessly by my entire family because my second toe on one foot is about a good quarter inch longer than all the other toes on my feet. So I have trauma induced nail mold, baby. <laughs> Damn, that sounds gross. Thing. No, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I was—I actually was reading about it the other day. Not like emotional trauma. So, no, I had dropped a forty-five pound plate on my foot, oh, and, really? it, and it smashed and it smashed my uh, 
nail on my big toe. And because I'd smashed it, it screwed up the cells that are there. Ooh, yeah. I let this fungus come in and it, t- it took over like a quarter of my uh, big toe. Oh, Lord. When was that? Fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, that's rough, man. Oh. It's all, I'm married. She loves me. Yeah, but it just it's, still sounds just painful, you know? I mean, the whole experience of – yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Life is pain. <laughs> you see this flag behind me? I embrace the suck. <laughs> I was in the goddamn infantry. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right, Matt, any uh, shout-outs that you have, you're more than welcome to give them. If not, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, let me fire away. Uh, so I'll, I'll give up my personal. So I'm a personal trainer, uh, fitness coach. I love to just post motivational, whether it's workouts, uh, nutrition plans, or just you know trying to spread that positive energy. Uh, my Instagram is Feldhouse Fitness. I do offer online consulting and personal training plans. If you're in local to LA, I uh, live over by the Redondo Beach and do personal training and uh, stuff like that. But again, my uh, my Instagram handle is at Feldhouse Fitness. For Danny, that is F E L D H A U S. There's no I in Feldhouse. <laughs> I'm just messing. Uh, and then you know, so that that's my my personal stuff. But uh, professionally, we uh, the organization I represent, and I'm sure we'll be getting into, is the Headstrong Project. It's a very awesome uh, organization, near and dear my heart, because. Uh, you know, we provide uh, evidence-based uh, trauma-informed care for those who served in the military. Um, and, you know, it, it's tough getting really quality care. I have some friends that have been waiting multiple months waiting for their appointments at the VA. And I'm not bashing the VA. I'm just saying, you know, like there's a lot of people needing assistance. There's a lot of uh, delays and struggles out there. And, you know, we're trying to help solve some of those issues, you know, so... Uh, you know, if you're wanting to support a good organization, there's links on there to support us, donate, whatever. Or if you're a clinician that says, you know what, I want to, I do EMDR, I do prolonged exposure, et cetera, et cetera. I want to join you guys. I want to, you know, uh, provide those services. There's links on there to, to join our team as well. So, uh, for everyone that, you know, works in the, the nonprofit world, Times are tough, you know, during these economic recessions and stuff. This is typically when organizations quit uh, donating and supporting as much. So for anyone that works in this industry, I got I got a lot of respect and power for you. Keep it up, man. We got to support each other. Well, hey, we're excited to hear about that. I know we've talked multiple times on multiple different episodes about how the VA, you know, they try their best, well, in theory. But there's such a monopoly when it comes to so many things and, you know, Veterans, especially with PTSD, mental health issues, a lot of times they have nowhere to turn but the VA, and the yeah. VA is just so backed up with so many other things. It's, it's good to know that there are other avenues out there, so I'm excited for us to get into that. Yeah. But, all right, so in digging into the content for tonight's episode, is this going to be a good episode? <laughs> I used to run meetings like this when I was working in, at my yeah. last job. Might be why I don't work there anymore. Who knows? Outlook terrible. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, let me. (laughs) Better not tell you now. All right, well. All right. Playing hard to get, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so as we said, we got Matt here as our very special guest. So you're probably wondering, who is this guy? What do we know about him? 
So, you know what? Just hit from the hip. Fire your, tell us your story, man. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Uh, what's your, uh, what is your position in the fitness industry and like your past in the fitness industry? Just lay it all out there, brother. Cool. Well, I am born and bred from Cincinnati, Ohio. Who day nation, baby. Sorry, you know, I'm all fired up. We we won against the Bills today, so I had to give out that shout out. Um, yeah, I had to. Uh, but, you know, ever since I was young, I was telling this to both Jake and Danny. Uh, sports were more than just an activity for me. You know, they were everything for me. You know, like they were my outlet to release all the, you know, kind of anxiety that I had. I always took it out either in the weight room or I just – it was a community for me. It, it just – I grew up with sports being such integrated into my life, and that carried over into high school. I played uh, football and ran track, went into tr- uh, college, played football, ran track, and I just... Wait, were you a runner or a thrower? In football? No, in track. No, well, that, that counts too, I guess. Uh, no, in track, were you a runner or a thrower? I know how football works, Jake. Yeah. Uh, God. I was a runner and jumper. I was a long jumper and sprinter. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually playing D3 football, I realized I'm not going to the pros, believe it or not. Whoa. Um, Out of D3? You sure you yeah, missed that boat? Right? It, it took me until my junior year to figure that out. But uh, when I stopped playing, I still wanted to be active. And one of my buddies uh, who was on the swim team was like, hey, man, you, you feel, I feel like you'd really like triathlons. And I did my first triathlon and fell in love because it was so – hard it was really challenging for me i was i was a strong pretty fit guy but you know the the swim bike run just you know if you don't train for that stuff it is challenging like i couldn't even swim i was a lifeguard mind you in in high school and when i first was training for the race i couldn't even swim three laps down and back without stopping like i mean i was just so big from football so I got into that sport and I dove head in and I eventually did a full distance Ironman. And it was just, you know, like for me, such an awesome training because it, it you know, there's no other thing that epitomizes grit, you know, and that's something I think in the military, why I think a lot of military people are awesome with endurance sports is that they beat into us literally <clears throat> Like, you got to be freaking determined, you know, embrace the suck, that mentality of just take it and keep going. And, you know, yesterday was the, the hardest day and today is going to get, you know, like that kind of mentality. I love that carried over, you know, into, into triathlons. And then I just started doing all those, you know, that's when the adventure sports and these, um, what do you call them? Those obstacle course sports mm-hmm. started blowing up, you know, and I did them yeah. all like the, I did you know, whatever, fill in the blank, the, uh, run, the Spartan uh, races. yeah, the Spartan racers, the, the, where you get the orange, the tough mothers, oh, tough mothers yeah. had one that was like a Reebok and it was like an urban Athlon race. I did in San Francisco. That was awesome. And, uh, yeah, man, sports became, you know, as I aged into my twenties and early thirties, I started realizing about how complimentary your nutrition program your recovery, you know, how much sleep you're getting, if you're stretching, if you're doing ice baths and, you know, doing like saunas and stuff like that, like how much of a factor that was into your, into it. And when I really started making that a lifestyle, so not that I go to the gym for one hour a day and then go do a bunch of bullshit. Like I think a lot of people do, 
I, incor I in incorporated it all. And that's in my early 30s where I started to experience some of the best physical gains I, I, I've had in my whole life, where that's what I wanted to start to share with others. And so my Instagram page really like going full circle. I really didn't start getting into that until like three years ago where, what's up little guy? Uh, where I wanted to share that, you know, like you don't have to be this Greek God that was blessed with six, six genes that you should be a pro athlete or, you know, like listening to some of these, you know, nothing against them. But a lot of these influencers are online. They're like 18 and 20. And it's like, Dude, it's easy to look good when you're 20, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I would go get hammered the night before, wake up and go to football. And I was good. And I looked good, you know. But when you get older, it, our bodies don't look like that or work like that anymore, you know. You really got to invest in all these other parts of your day and parts of your life. And that's where I just want to be someone that can show that it's possible for an average Joe, you know. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm 5'7". I'm I tell people I'm 5'8". You know how that goes. <laughs> Like, but you know what? Like you can still perform. I, I'm performing, you know, where I was in my early twenties, but it, it's because I'm engaging all these other aspects of my life, you know? And mm -hmm. so I just want to be a positive, you know, someone that can go out there and just, you know, hopefully be someone. If I motivate one person through my channel or through my outlet to me, that that's, that's awesome. So yeah. nice. that was a long ass story about who I am, what I did. <laughs> In the military, no I was uh, an interrogator and a source operator. I got. Army, to go, right? I was blessed to get to go to Monterey and study Arabic at the Defense Language Institute. It was um, it was awesome. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Learning Arabic, it's a beautiful language. I got to learn to surf while I was there. And uh, anyone in California, I highly recommend going to visit Monterey. Nice. You were Army, right? Yeah. Okay, because I thought it looks like a marine hat in the background. Nah, nah, that's just an army hat. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can't read your last name either, so maybe I do need yeah, to check. Dude, it's far away <laughs> out of the wall. You can't tell. Yeah. No, Danny doesn't wear his glasses because he's afraid he's afraid to look like a nerd. You know, I hate my glasses. <laughs> I, hate, I hate my glasses. I, I I wear them right before this. I wear them right after, but I will not wear them during. Yeah, that's no, all good, man. Actually, I'm sorry. A, this is uh. Not to derail the show, but this is my rescue. Aw. Yeah. And so, her name. This is Loki. Loki. And, uh, yeah. And uh, What's up, there's Loki? a long story behind long story behind that that we don't have time to get into, but uh, he was right. he was getting a little whiny not being on me. Oh, so I get it. Here no he is. Worries. No worries. No worries. Uh, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> so uh, what uh, I know that you and I had talked about this briefly offline. Uh, so – what is your like personal training uh, experience like these days? Like you told me you had worked in big box gyms and yeah. now you're not so much. So kind of where are you at with that these days? Yeah. So uh, when I moved to LA, that's when I really wanted to put, you know, when I first moved to LA from Cincinnati, it was like LA is the, like the fitness capital of L of America, you know, maybe Miami, yeah. but these are like the two really big fitness communities. So I wanted to come here to like, fully indulge in that and I ended up getting a job at S45 which you know I enjoy the the gym in a way but yeah. you don't really get ownership of the training and yeah. you might have people in there that are of you know everything from a beginner that's never lifted to you know a former college athlete and in my opinion all of them should have a different programming 
but there's mm-hmm. not really that opportunity. So, you know, it was fun for me. I got to build a client, like build some friends in a community. But when COVID hit, that is when everything kind of shut down. And I was still working out at, at my house because I had the equipment. Mm-hmm. And I bumped into some of our former clients that were like, hey, why don't you come over? We have a big yard and you do some coaching for us. And that's kind of how my personal training, like I've had clients before, but there were very just special, like personal friends or someone getting ready for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. And this was like an ongoing thing. And I made much better money that, you know, you get paid 25 bucks an hour at F45 where I'm making 25 a client per session. Mm-hmm. And I'm like seeing the difference. I was like, well, why do I even go back to a gym or something? Like, why don't I just do this? And I actually get a talk to the clients and the clients get to tell me like, hey, actually, I really want to work this because of that. And, you know, could we utilize more of, you know, whatever. And I could build and customize the workouts based upon what they're trying to do. Um, and I also didn't have to like listen to the music that they do at these other gyms. You know, I got to like play whatever yeah. they wanted to. One time we had a Disney themed workout and it was awesome. You know, we're all singing <laughs> a whole new world doing punches and stuff. And I was just like, like, I'm not going to do that at F45. You know, they're listening to like blasting the R&B uh, music of the local, you know, radio station and stuff. So, or EDM music all the time. Yeah. So that's what got me into it. And then... Uh, I moved into a place where I had a huge backyard and I was able to kind of use all my equipment. My roommate at the time, we kind of combined all our equipment and started hosting workouts, hosting yoga places. We rented out our spot to like yoga, uh, instructors and people that like couldn't afford to go pay, you know, at like a rented out studio, but they, they needed space of their own. So that was kind of my side hustle. And then um, I think that gave me kind of a platform to, to build my own brand online. And people, I think, resonated with some of my fitness journey. Like I've, I was in a motorcycle accident and severely messed up my wrist. And I had to like bounce back earlier in my life. And I was training for like Ninja Warrior at a time. And so people were seeing me train for that. And um yeah, man, I just always got, you know, a little side hustle and trying to, you know, just through my own journey, motivate others, hopefully. Especially in L.A., you need a couple of side hustles to make it. Well, gener- depending, generally depending. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You definitely do, man. <laughs> you definitely do. I went through the, uh, so going to F45 for a minute, uh, like, I went through the interview process when I first moved out here, was looking for a side gig. Um and they were all right. You know, I, I got along with the manager well enough. Uh, I liked some of the ways they structured, structured, structured things. Um, but one of the things I think kind of what hinting on what you were saying that I really didn't like is when I asked them about in the interview process, how they structure their workouts. F45 was very specifically like it's all computer, which I'm pretty sure orange theory is the same way. I think I could be wrong though. Um, it was all the same. It's all computer generated. It was all the same things. The trainers had no say in that. The trainers were specifically there for motivation and form coaching, and yeah. which you know that those are two very important factors, obviously. But that bothered me because it's like when I was working at EOS down in Phoenix, I came across some exercise I'd never even seen before because I had trainers there that I was working with with vastly different backgrounds. It's like if you're yeah. not allowing us to explore the creativity 
and learn from other trainers, then it's like, as trainers, we're probably not going to make it very far. So that was one of the bigger issues I had with them. Yeah, it, um, you know, like, I, it's a good, I think, introductory and program to maintain. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, it, there's a certain point that I think certain athletes might not get a lot from it. Like, you know, if I, if I really was trying like right knee right now in my life, it would be a good workout. It yeah. wouldn't be training. And that's the difference. I think if you're anyone that's an athlete and you're really trying to go there to train for something, I don't think that's the right platform or some of those things. But if you're just like, Hey, I'm going to use class pass and I'm going to go there once a week or something, or you're just getting into fitness and you're just trying, you need someone to tell you what to do. Hey, that's great then. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. those workouts are going to give you a pretty good sweat. Like, Oh, I'm not going to lie. Their Saturday workouts yeah. are brutal, man. 27 stations. You go through it twice, dude, it is if you push it hard. Like, yeah, that is going to be a hard workout. But after I did it a couple months, it's like, yeah, there's no way. Unless I'm doing like literally upside down handstand push-ups and I'm doing like the extra, extra version of things. Mm-hmm. It just didn't get me like it used to, you know? Yep. So I got you. I think I, I love this saying, man, there's different strokes for different folks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that, But that's why I avoided working at big boxes all together. And yeah. I had a way better time. <laughs> Wait, I, you worked at like the biggest box before we no, met. No, no, sir. At, didn't you work at Golds? No, I okay. I had a front desk job at Golds. So you there worked at no, Golds. There was no way in shit you'd catch me training at Golds. But you still worked there. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> I did not detail, train at Golds. Detail, detail. <laughs> I did not train at Golds. I trained at. So you didn't work. The, you didn't train at any big boxes. Oh, no, that's where you did. No, I went. I went to FitOps. Yeah. When it was, and then I came out, and then I had my front desk gig at Gold's, and then I had my uh, night bouncer gig at the bar at Mavericks, and then I started building my client base at the House of Gains in Georgetown, where I could set my price and do my own training. Okay. And then, Are you then, in DC, Jay? What's that? You're in DC. No, I'm in Arizona. George, Georgetown. Georgetown, Texas. Gotcha. Okay. And if you ever are traveling and you're going through Austin, that's the spot to go check out. Good to know. I helped break up. I helped build that fucking place. <laughs> so, and I, and I, I was one of the first like 10 trainers there and I was there for two years straight before I uh, moved out here Yeah. with the, with the wifey. That's dope, man. That's so, awesome. All right. So we... different strokes for different folks. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So before we jump too deep into um, uh, the headspace portion of the night, I do want to talk about uh, your high rocks, high rocks training, high rocks. Yeah, high, high rocks, man. So just some preface on that. Uh, me and Matt were talking about a message about it. He was telling me about it. I had never heard of it in my life. I talked to Jake. Jake had never heard of it. So it's going to be it's going to be a learning experience for all. So I tried doing a little bit of light digging right before this episode and. I didn't quite see exactly what it was or what they were going for. So please kind of spell yeah. it out for us. And I'd like to say I am not, I'm no expert on this. I've done one of them. So okay. the sport that I transferred over from triathlons the other day, you know, last year I had signed up um, to do the Ironman in Sacramento. The day of the race, they had the cyclone that, 
basically they canceled the race the like the day of you know i'm literally in the car going to the race and they canceled and i mean you train for iron man for like a year you know yeah. like it's devastating and they gave no refund so i'm not gonna lie like that that's shitty and i i reached out to him because it's like look man like i work in the mom profit world not only do you pay like eight hundred dollars to register for the race i paid for an airbnb up there for a couple days there's like a lot of expenses that go into this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it, they were just so like, nope, no refund, not even anything. I was like, you know what, Iron Man, like, screw you guys. This, this yeah. is uh, upsetting to me. So I switched over and I was like, you know what, I'm done with this sport. And a buddy of mine that I, tra- that I trained for or trained with at F45, who um, has gone on now to work in the uh, – the fire department in, in LA, his name's Carter Williams. He's a freaking beast of an athlete. He got into this, uh, high rocks. And to me, it's kind of like a competitor of CrossFit, but without any of the Olympic lifts. So it's all functional moves, but then in, in between each of the eight events, there's a 0.6 mile run. So you start the race with a 0.6 mile run, and then you go do eight functional events. And it's like a row machine for a thousand meter. There's like a burpee broad jump. There's a sled push, a sled pull. Um, there's an upright ski erg. There's like a weighted sandbag lunge carry. So it's like all functional moves. You know, there's no Olympic, but like it burns you out, man. I'm not going to lie. Like it was one of the hardest. There's a farmer's carry. Um, and in between each of those events, you run 0.6 miles. So it's really cool because, you know, there's big guys that, you know, you're really strong, but might not be that good at runners. For me, I'm a really good runner, but the weights that you're doing on this sled pull and sled push, like they're a lot, man. They're, Mm. they're like 300 pounds and I'm 160 soaking wet, you know? So (laughs) I'm pushing, I'm, I'm maxing out, like I'm redlining trying to do some of this stuff. So then I was gassed for the run, you know? And I've done a, as you know, we talked about before, a lot of different races, and I felt like High Rocks was such a good blend that really challenged you as an athlete. And I really liked training for it. I've gotten some of the the best gains I've gotten physically training for High Rocks than I have for any other sport. Because like I got really skinny and lean for triathlons, where I lost mm-hmm. like all my muscle, mm-hmm. and I could run forever, but I just didn't feel like strong. And right now, I feel like I can still run, maybe not as far as I could before, but like, I feel like I can also now like lift things. And I, I feel like I'm, you know, filling out my body a little bit more. <laughs> so, okay. So these are like legit, like, so at first I thought, I didn't know that they were competitions. I thought it was something like, uh, cro- like CrossFit in the way that they have like CrossFit gyms and things like that. So it's not, that's not the case at all. Like high well, rock, like, actually, this is a competition. Yeah. They, so it's a competition. Uh, they started it, you know, three, it's, it's relatively new as a sport. Um, you know, it's like three or four years old, I think. Um, and there's like a European bracket and a U.S. bracket. And there's only like five areas that have races, you know, like it's New York, Houston, Chicago, LA. And like, that's about it. You know, there's not a ton of these events in the, in the U.S. yet, but I, I honestly expect in the next couple of years, this thing's going to blow up because I think people uh, are coming over from CrossFit to do this. You know, like a lot of CrossFit competitors are like, oh man, this is, 
it goes a lot with the training that you do for CrossFit from mm -hmm. what I've noticed, but maybe it's a little less, uh, you might hurt yourself. Yeah, it takes on, sounds like it takes on a lot of the high injury factors. Yeah, I was going to say. Exactly, man, you're not cut, cleaning cutting. and doing, you know, things overhead, squats and stuff, which, hey, again, different strokes for different folks. But CrossFit is just something that, for me, has just never resonated, you know? Mm -hmm. I just, oh, yeah, we, we, we've definitely talked about CrossFit once or twice on this yeah, show. My, my, be my beef with uh, CrossFit. So, oh, oh, it's got something strong, big enough that... Uh, even CrossFitters are jumping ship. That's saying something. Yeah, I, well, no, I think no one wants rhabdo. What'd you say? No one wants rhabdo. Yeah, man. It's, <laughs> and, and like it, uh, you know. So you go to the one I went to was at the LA Convention Center, and it's like a pretty big ordeal. I'm imagining this is what a CrossFit competition would look like. You know, like I mean, they have it all different decked out. You're running laps around it, and they have all the you know vendors inside and stuff. And it was. It was a really fun event. Uh, it just was challenging because you you have to keep track of your laps. And then everyone's on a different, like, lap system, and you're doing, like, three or four, and the, the in's right near where the out is, and it's easy to get mixed up. And, like, a lot of people got penalties, and I'm one of them. I got two penalties, actually, because I just missed the turn-in, and I did one short lap. And it was like, well, shit, I was following this guy, and I thought he was on the same one. I You know, like, I didn't try and cheat, but... And it happens. <laughs> okay, so kind of bouncing off that a little bit, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about, like, how one would train for that. So it sounds like it would just be, like, circuits on steroids with a shit ton of running added in. I mean, that is definitely one way. I've seen... Um, like, in a very small nutshell. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. And, like, what's cool about High Rocks is they do post-workouts. Like, mm -hmm. hey, if you're training for a race, like, here's some workouts to do. They might even have, I think, like, because there's a High Rocks World, a High Rocks USA, and a High Rocks HQ, like, Instagram. But there's a High Rocks Daily one that's, like, a workout you can do every day. And what I tended to do is break up, um, you know, each of the events, you know, kind of focuses on either upper or lower. Like, a rowing machine, I'm going to say even though you should be doing more of, a, more of a lower body, you know, you drive mostly with your legs and with the row, but the upright erg, like, all right, that's going to be more upper body. There's one where it's like um, a ball toss and stuff. So I would do like three events that were more upper body. And then I would break it up with like a 0.5 mile run or a 0.8 mile run in between and do like eight laps of those. And then I would kind of, that's how I kind of did it. I do like, two hard days that were really focused on me running and doing events. And then I would on a couple other days, just do like strength building ones. Like, all right, let me build up my quads. I'm going to double up and do lunges with double the weight that I would be doing in the race. But I'm going to like really be trying to like build up the muscle mass for it, you know? So that's kind of how I, I was training for it. Um, but I, I know a lot of friends that, are in CrossFit and would just do normal CrossFit workouts. And that kind of got you ready for it. You just need to run a little bit more, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if that gave you a good, good answer for it. I no, don't no, it did. no, 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 just, it sounds interesting. I'm it, it's a lot of hit, honestly, like yeah. to summarize what I was doing. Basically I was doing hit training, mm -hmm. you know, and for those that don't know, you know, it's high, high intensity, intensity interval. interval training. And that's the, my normal standard. Like, I love doing, 
you know, combo moves where it's like I'm doing, uh, you know, squats that then go right in over to push-ups or, you know, something. It's like some sort of like functional move. And I'll like, while I'm, tr that's always how I actually worked out my core my whole life is like, okay, I'm doing bench while I'm waiting and recovering. Okay, now I'm going to do like, you know, oblique twists or something to work mm -hmm. my core because it's like I'm not doing anything else rather than resting. So I just like always love the kind of hit style or the uh, superset kind of mentality of like, all right, I'm going to do two things while working one, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I like it. That's very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to dig into this a little bit more. Maybe I'll... Dude, it's fun, man. I really, like, there has been no sport that got me the size of the legs that I have now, which aren't even that impressive, but no matter what I did, I couldn't build my legs up. And then I started doing a lot of sled pushes and sled pulls. Mm -hmm. And with the sled pulls, I would like wrap the, the strap around my back and like squat down and just kind of like walk like backward walks. Mm -hmm. And dude, you do sets of those and it is just crushing your quads. Mm -hmm. And that, that was really the only thing that could get me to like build my quads up, man. Like I would do lunges out, the door, you know, I would do hundreds of them. And then I'd also be doing leg extensions. And I just still it never would build them up. Doing those like, you know, the functional stuff just got me man. And I, and mm -hmm. I added the weight, you know, I'd usually have like 200 pounds and be doing that 200 plus. Nice. So I, I love the functional stuff, man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, shoot, I might have to dig into this a little bit more. I'm always looking for a new thing to try out. Yeah, I was gonna say this sounds. LA, dude, hit me up. We'll go do a workout together. I'm with it. I was gonna say this sounds like something that's right up your alley, man. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of kind of over the Spartan races right now. We got one more that we're supposed to do as a family. Uh, that's cool. It's me and a couple of my siblings, but uh, I don't know if or when that's gonna happen. And yeah, just kind of burnt out on them. They're overpriced. And if you do one, you have to do the trifecta. Like you don't have to, but you really yeah. Should. No, um. And they're just overpriced as hell. Hardly any of them are in the Pacific Northwest. I'm freaking tired of traveling all around for them. So yeah. maybe I'll give this one a whirl. Yeah, I feel like some of those things, they like, I mean, that's the, you know, they say what's the root of the all evil. But I just feel like over time, some of these events that were really, really cool have become so corporate. And mm -hmm. they, they lost the, the heart of what they were, you know, about... Mm -hmm this adventurous spirit. And now it's just like, how many people we can, can we get in to do these things? Yeah. Cause you're right, man. I, I did one when it first started and then I did one a couple years ago and it was like night and day difference. Really? You know? Yeah. I, let me see. I, the cost, I started, oh, the cost is ridiculous. The minimum of like 120 just for yeah. one small, even if it's just a trail run. Which, yeah. The trail run I did with them in 2021. Um, I actually thought I broke an angle that day. Like, path was so shitty just so many uh, little pits in the uh in the road i rolled each ankle about a dozen times it was painful but no i started getting a bad taste in my mouth with spartan because i actually interviewed for them about a year ago uh for a uh race manager role basically i'd be like running their races yeah or i'm sorry like um like basically in charge of getting them up and running and yeah. no, i thought the interview went all right and then i've never been ghosted after an interview before <laughs> Like, they didn't even have the courtesy of, hey, we're moving on with someone else, yeah. no worries. But, like, I even reached back out to them and nothing. So, I'm like, you know, that's kind of shitty, and it kind of says a lot about them as a company. So, I think I'm done. Yeah, that's to start, 
loving the smell of their own farts, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Damn. Well, shoot. All right. Well. Well, I want to know about American Ninja Warrior. Oh. Dude, I wish there was a cooler story to tell about this. Uh, I mean, it is, you know what? Um, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm not getting any younger, obviously. And I've always wanted to be on Ninja Warrior. You know, like my nickname with my friends is Ninja um, because I just like always was more of like a functional athlete, you know, like even at football practice, I'm like doing cartwheels, messing around with my friends, doing jump kicks and stuff. I'm just a weird guy, you know, I admit it. Um, (laughs) And one of my friends was just like, yo, you should, you know, actually try and do on it. And I was applying on another like dating show in LA. Like I've applied for a couple shows and I'm interviewing during it. And the casting guy tells me, uh, as we're just like built, you know, building rapport, bullshitting, he tells me he works for Ninja Warrior. And I just like locked that in, you know, my old like source operator brain is just like, oh, Mm -hmm. Intel of knowledge lock that away and so later i hit him up like hey by the way like i've always wanted to be on ninja warrior you know could you help me get an in and this guy like told me exactly like hey man i think you would be great on it this is what you know they're really looking for so make sure your video kind of touches upon this um because there weren't tryouts like you had to apply online because it was covid so i found out i actually got on the problem was all the ninja gyms are closed or were closed. And dude, what I realized is you really like Ninja Warrior. I bet all athletes, anyone that thinks they're an athlete watches Ninja Warrior and thinks what I did. I could do that. I fucking could do that. Like I'm going to, I would crush that. Let me tell you as some that like, I think is pretty athletic, you know, it is so hard. Now I'm not saying it, it, it is impossible or implausible, but it just needed a couple takes. I think athletes just need a couple runs on it. And once you get the, you know, the body motion and the muscle memory, yeah, you'd pick it up. But these moves like laches, and a lache is where if you have two crossbars like this, you throw your body weight from one to the other. So, you know, it's where it's, it, it's a huge part of Ninja Warrior, where you throw yourself from one pull-up bar to another, basically. Mm-hmm. That is a very hard move to get. It does not come natural, and there is a technique to it so you don't burn out your shoulders. Same with, like, rock climbing. You know, rock climbing, you should be using more of your legs than your upper body. Also, I didn't know that. You know, I'm just, like, a strong <laughs> upper guy. I'm just, like, fucking climbing away, you know. So I didn't really get a train on it. I'm just doing a ton of pull-ups, trying to get, like, as strong as I could. I'm trying to get my grip strength strong, so I'm doing, like, rock climbing-type pull-ups and stuff. And then some dude tells me, like, oh, did you not – he was also on the show. Oh, you haven't been going to this gym? And I was like, no, they're all closed. He's like, oh, no, they secretly have been meeting. Anyone on the show gets to go. Like this owner of the gym is opening it just for people that are on contestants. So I get to go there before the the game show. And, yeah, man, it was like I got there and there was people of uh, all physical shapes. I'll say that like people that looked like they were gymnasts in college to people that looked like uh, that they weren't. I'll just say that, you know, (laughs) and I for sure was the worst person of every one of them. The first time I went, they were doing these moves, you know, where you're just like jumping from kind of like the floor is lava and then jumping onto a rope and 
And it just, like, I didn't have, like, I'm, I'm strong, I'm athletic, but I just didn't have the finesse, and everything felt so clunky. I show up one, the next week, and I got way better. I was way better just because it was my second time. I was doing different moves. That was it. I maybe got exposure to eight different obstacles in my time of going for the twice. I go out there, and, you know, on the day that you're – doing it there's like a hundred people competing and you get you get a random number one to a hundred of when you go i was number two nice so, yeah i know so part of me's like all right i get it out of the way i don't yeah. have to stress but also i didn't get to see how other people did it because everyone else is like watching how they do it and i'm like set up behind the stage so i even didn't get to see the guy go i'm like literally behind the stage i can't see anything and there was a, a move where one of the crossbars, as I'm on, like, um, this thing that, like, swings like this, uh, kind of looks like if you're at a carnival, or, or not a carnival, but, like, I forget, a trapeze. Trapeze. You're trapeze. on a trapeze, and when you let go of the trapeze, a, a barbell drops from the ceiling, and you have to catch it. Like, you're doing a lache into open air, but this is going to drop down. And, dude, I had never That's, done that before. Ooh. So I don't know the finesse to do it. I don't know that, like, really you just need to, like, do it, trust that it's going to be there, and catch it. I don't know that. I just go, you know, full-on Marine mentality. I'm not a Marine, but, you know, like, fuck yeah. it, I'm going full go. I full send. I just, like, run right into the bar. Just, like, <laughs> hit my thing, fall down, and, like, that was the end of it, man. I got no practice runs. That was it. I made it through one obstacle – and then like a year's worth of training down in a second. So that's why I'm like, it was, but, sucks, man. but trying to take it from, you know, a growth mindset, which I try and, you know, that's like a, a thing I've been trying to say in my thirties, there was learning for that, you know, that like, man, you can train for something and be prepared as best as you can in life or whatever can throw you something that you're not expecting. And then mm -hmm. second, you don't always get what you want. Like I envisioned me winning this game show and becoming famous and all this. You never know. Life is going to life's going to happen the way that it happens and you just got to deal with it. And so though it was like a and, and one of my favorite <clears throat> books Tuesdays with Maury in it he's like what's wrong with being number 2? And I wasn't even number 2. I was number like 99, you know. <laughs> like I didn't make it. But it's like, yeah, man, what what's wrong with it? You know? Like I I was so ashamed to be honest of losing um and you know i had so many friends and followers and stuff like asked me how did the show go how'd it go and mm -hmm. i didn't want to even tell them i was like shamed that i didn't win or i didn't do and it's like who cares man i gotta be there I, it was an awesome yeah. experience it's easier for me to say that now it talked to me two years ago and i probably would have been like oh man i can't tell you about it it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> but uh um, well, you yeah, still beat out thousands of other applicants. I mean that's exactly that's still a big you know, one. and that's what my friends and family have told me and it's like that's something to be proud of and yeah. you know, there's just as much learning opportunity in losing as there is in winning. Mm -hmm. Probably more so, honestly. Yeah. And maybe I needed to lose then. There's something that I needed to learn in life that I needed to lose there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll take that. So well, to quote uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Star Trek Next Generation, 
It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That's not weakness. That is life. Amen, man. Live long and prosper, baby. <laughs> so I am curious. So you going number like number two in line, do they tell you anything? Or like give you any like so this is what you're gonna do or like when you get to the obstacle like give you a heads up like this is gonna happen or do they just say get to the end? Yeah, um, you get to see everything ahead of time. You know, for okay. safety reason, like yeah. hey, this is what so that you get to see it. It's not like I'm like going in totally blind, like oh, what's gonna happen behind door number one? It's it's not that you know. So it, okay. it was totally fair in in that regard. Mm-hmm. It's just you know like other athletes get to like watch. The other yeah, one. They, so you can yeah. kind of see like, oh, okay, like don't do that or oh yeah, okay, you need to do this or whatever. Yeah. They got time to like survey the terrain and technique and Exactly. Did, exactly. Did they have demonstrators for each stunt rather than you Yeah, know, have... so they have like an athlete go through and do not like one that's training, like some from a different show or a different season or something, go through of like proving it can be done, you know? Or this mm-hmm. is a way to do that event, you know. But okay. when you're watching, I'll tell you what, you're looking at I'm like, oh, they make it look easy. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> yeah. So was it for Ninja Warrior or American Ninja Warrior? Uh, American Ninja Warrior. Okay. Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it right that American Ninja Warrior, they added their own little spin to it after, like, the first or second uh, obstacle? Like, they do, like, reality show, like, training camp and will, like, vote you off the island and shit like that? I don't know. Am I don't I, think or am I tripping? I, I'm not with American Ninja Warrior. Not the one okay. on. Maybe Ninja Warrior or something different. But okay. I, there's a lot, or not a lot, but there's a couple shows that are similar to this. Mm-hmm. Like I know The Rock has a show called like Titan Games. Yep. And so th- there might be some other shows that did that, but American Ninja Warrior is like the the American spinoff of the Japanese show. I can't yeah. remember the name, but. That's what I originally was watching. Yeah. You know? The Japanese that one, that was, was just... intense, dude. That one the Japanese crazy. one, that was just plain Ninja Warrior. I'm pretty Probably. sure. But I, I think it? they had a Japanese name for it. Like, okay. It was... I'm going to mess up the name, but if you Google it, it'll... You know, I don't want to even... Shogun Deathmatch 9000 or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'll never forget the final stage of the original Japanese one. I'm not sure if it's the same on the American one. Uh, Mount... Magoriyama, I believe you're just like in like a small little space with walls right to your side, yeah, you go and you just way. gotta cling up to them, and you gotta climb up this freaking I don't even I couldn't even guess a hundred meters at least, if not yeah. longer, and you got like thirty seconds to do it. Like that's I insane. The dude that first beat it was a um, he was like a sailor. He worked on a, a fishing vessel, something like that. And yeah. because he was so used to like climbing on the ropes all day, the dude just beasted it. Like he was so mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, yeah, I remember that man. That was a big part of my childhood. <laughs> that was a great show. It was. All God, right, we had some awesome shows in the nineties. Oh, they're gone Jared. now. Danny, I know you'll kind of get this a little bit, but I just saw a <laughs> meme that was talking about like how awesome cartoons were in the 90s and it just was Uh like a montage of like gi joe captain planet like all these awesome Mm -hmm. shows oh yeah i I mean it got me fired up i literally like watched it before going to the gym just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was awesome we did awesome shows man we did i was having this conversation the other day johnny bravo was actually my fitness icon dude oh man he was yeah dude he was ripped 
He was jacked. He had tiny legs, though. I was going to say, I, you, I, you went to okay some little legs, son of a I'm bitch. okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but dude, Somehow, we were, I think I'll manage. Street Sharks was awesome. I mean... Street Sharks! Holy shit! I remember that. Uh, uh, I remember bi- that. Okay, Biker Mice from Mars. I don't think I've seen that one. It's worth the research. All right, I'll take a look at that one. Yeah, Street Sharks, Street Sharks, Biker Street Mice Sharks. from Mars, and then uh, Gargoyles. Oh, Gargoyles. Gar- yeah, awesome. Gargoyles. Thinking of Gargoyles. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Then, you can't beat the old school Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh, oh. definitely, dude. The pizza on that show looked amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know how, like, cartoon foods always look so good? Mm-hmm. Pizza in that show looked amazing. It's like the cheese was dripping <laughs> what, down. What kind of like, cheese was that? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Dude, oh, back then, back when we were kids, everyone's favorite food was pizza. That's not a thing anymore. I know. That hurts my soul. I know. All right. All right. Well, I think that's the perfect segue into um, the mental health portion of the night. Yeah. So. Take that big, deep cleansing breath that we never, ever ask you to do, but for whatever reason we're doing tonight. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Matt here is the, uh, correct me if this is wrong, take this from your LinkedIn, is the uh, Director of Community Engagement for the Headstrong Project. Um, again, him and I are recent acquaintances, and in uh, that exchange, uh, he told us quite a bit about it, which is one of the main reasons we brought him on tonight. So definitely please... Uh, words. Would you please What's explain up? what that means? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and uh, please, yeah, tell us a, a lot more about the Headstrong Project, what they do, if it's something that um, uh, just kind of the average, uh, the average Joes like Jake and myself uh, can get into if we're seeking the kind of mental help or uh, like how how does it work? So I first want to set the uh, the expectation. I am not a clinician myself. Yeah. So I apologize if I'm going to say something in the, in the not the correct term. I'm going to try and be very high level because I'm I'm not a clinician. I I can't get like into the details. Um, sure. So my my job is more like a brand ambassador marketing. So in the communities that we are building um, building relationships and building support in, like I'll just use Seattle. So we went to Seattle and we had some local funders there that. They cared about the local population. Hey, we're going to support you going into this community to help supporting some of the, you know, the veteran service members, the veterans and the service members in this community. My job, though, is to make sure we get connected to those service members. And how I do that is by building relationships with people at the VA, the vet center, uh, the Department of Defense. So like military units like JBLM, Joint Base Lewis McCord is a huge installation there and there's actually a bunch of installations around the Puget Sound area and making them aware of our services is my job essentially and obviously representing the brand on things as small as this podcast or going to like a yellow ribbon event which is where you know a bunch of national guardsmen and women come back from a deployment and they're learning about resources in their event so I, or in their uh, community. So I would go and represent Headstrong Project and kind of tell them about who we are and what we do. And going from that, uh, so when you ask the question, you know, like, would we be the right fit? So um, I, I'll just use an analogy. And again, I want to set the expectation. I'm not a clinician. This isn't like the clinical best way of putting it. I'm just simplifying uh, in this kind of analogy. So 
Um, we provide trauma and for evidence-based care. So someone suffering from PTSD, they're having nightmares, um, depression, some of these things, but it's related to trauma that they experienced, whether it's MST, military sexual trauma, whether it's from, you know, something that they experienced while being, while deployed, servicing, you know, whether they were in a fight, something happened, they saw one of their best friends die, or maybe it was something during their time in service that triggered a trauma from their childhood. Any one of those trauma from my, what I've learned and, and done on my own, that requires a very intense, like surgical kind of care. That's why when I say evidence-based treatment modalities, we utilize, or our clinicians utilize EMDR, PE, which is prolonged exposure, cognitive, CPT, cognitive processing. No, I said that wrong. I'm sorry. Um, it, it's like, sorry, it's one of those acronyms. I get these acronyms all messed up, but um, those are like evidence-based. They're, they're proven to support trauma. And so that's, where it's like a very intricate, you know, surgical. If let's say, uh, Jake, you gained some weight recently and you're just feeling a little bit down and you're feeling a little depressed, but it's really just focused on your weight gain or something like that, that could be general practitioner. So someone, you know, kind of more like a Band-Aid, a general, you know, you go, you don't need the ER and a surgeon to fix that. That could be fixed from more general mental health therapy. <clears throat> So that, that's a very crude way of explaining the differences between like trauma-informed care and general mental health. Um, and so that's, that's really what we're doing. The other aspect that a little bit is different, um, for those that have served in the military, you know there's eligibility requirements. So one thing that I really, that drew me to Headstrong was I served in the National Guard for six years. And I needed some assistance at a point in my life and I reached out and I didn't qualify because I never deployed. And so a lot of people don't realize if you're in a reserve branch or, you know, National Guard and you haven't deployed, you don't, you're not entitled to VA benefits in terms of health care. Or if um, you're other than honorable or dishonorable discharge, which doesn't apply to me, um, but if you are, something happened you also don't qualify for benefits. And a lot of the times people uh, have experienced something in their life that then they're maybe using substances to cope, like a coping mechanism. And then mm -hmm. that's what causes them to get other than honorable discharge. You know, they, they got a DUI, something happened, but it's relating to how they're coping with a mental health trauma because they're not able to get adequate care, you know? And, and that's something that, I, I just want to be a proponent for whether I'm whether it's for Headstrong Project or just in general, our service members, whatever your belief in on either side, regardless, they raise their hand, those men and women to say, you know what, I will give up to my life for this country. And then if we spend a good amount of time and a lot of money on changing these men and women into soldiers, airmen, Marines, sailors, etc., and then the transition can be quick. You know, the transition can be quick and sometimes difficult. And I just don't think we adequately give them the support they need. And that's where, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there. You know, some of them huge, like the VA, the vet center, some of them smaller, 
little nonprofits that are trying to fill in the gaps. And, um, you know, it's tough because it, it was, um, you know, there's a lot of good issues to support out there. And I just feel like, um, you know, there's been ongoing conflict for many years, almost multiple decades now. You think, you know, after 9-11, everyone, <laughs> it was support the troops, you know, it, it was going all over. And I just, I, I feel like maybe the, there's a lot of other things going on. And, and I just want to be there to say there's still a lot of people in need. There's a lot of the things that we are trying to solve 20 years ago that still hasn't been figured out yet, yeah. you know, sure. and um, yeah, there's a lot of really amazing, supportive men and women out there given the best that they can to try and support uh, the men and women that have served. You know, the, these <laughs> clinicians out here are, it is a heavy responsibility and I have the utmost respect people that work in healthcare because I've had a couple times that clients have reached out to me because I'm doing a lot of the community engagement. So my card gets out there a lot. You know, I give a card to someone that's a director at the VA or something. I don't want to keep saying the VA. It's just, I think everyone knows that if I say something else, it might not resonate. Yeah. And that person might, you know, a client, they can't help them. And they're just like, oh, give this person a call, you know? And I've had some calls where people are in need and I'm having to talk to someone that I'm not a clinician and I am not fully trained to do that. And this person just needs someone to listen and they're reveal they're opening up their heart and soul to me. And I, and it needs, I just want to virtually give them a hug because they need someone. And I can't imagine doing that day in and day out, man, you know, like taking the heavy pains and sorrows that these people have and trying to just focus and, and give them healing and help them guide them through their own path. Mm-hmm. It is, an amazing burden and, and response, not, I don't want to say burden, responsibility that they're able to do and cope with. So I have the utmost respect, anyone that is, that's working in this industry that is, uh, and there's a lot of good org- organizations out there doing really good stuff. Yeah. Remind me when uh, we're done with this, uh, I would like to get your, your contact information. I think I have a friend of mine who would be either, dishonorably discharged from the Marine Corps after he was deployed because he got into drugs to cope. Yep. And then, um, he's fought hard to get his shit together. Yeah. And then, um, of course the, they kept on denying, uh, his appeals to overturn his discharge. Yeah. But, but since then he has, uh, got his master's degree, um, uh, in, like drug abuse counseling and things along that nature. Damn. And I, and I think someone who's uh, fought through it might be able to benefit that, you. That, that is a voice of like that, someone that exactly, man, Jake, someone that has gone through it and has fought that battle uphill. It, that to me is what would resonate. I, I feel like someone that can say like, Hey, I've been in your shoes. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Let me help you walk this down that path for you. You know, that's, that's inspiring, man. He's a a good, he's a really good guy too. So, um, no, that'd be awesome. And that, and that's where, um, you know, going back into the health and fitness for me, like my, I'm very transparent with, I have a history in my family of mental health. That's another reason why I love the Headstrong project because, 
you know, growing up, I found out my mom was bipolar and, you know, I knew there were times that when my mom was very anxious, the, the up and then there's the down times and there's times she got hospitalized and my mom was gone for a couple months, you know, and I carry some of that same, I think, anxiety. Like I'm an anxious person. And what I've noticed for me that works is if I get a workout in, if I can get a workout in in the morning, I am exponentially more relaxed and just better the rest of the day. I, I can focus on projects because if I'm not, I can't even watch a TV show. I'm like checking my phone. I'm like looking up my email. I'm like getting, I, I can't settle. My brain is so active. But if I get a workout in, that helps relax me. And I've learned about some other things like, uh, if any of you guys know Wim Hof, it's like a breathing, a breath work program. That really helps me relax. Um, whether I do, I, I used to love doing ice baths and like cold plunges and stuff. And some of these things that like help me physically work through something, it relaxes my mind. And, and I fully believe that there's a connection between the mind, body, and spirit. But I haven't experienced like, I mean, I have experienced a trauma, but I don't think I have like PTSD from it. Um, you know, my motorcycle accident was very traumatic. Like I actually had a TBI and things like that. But the difference between you know, general anxiety versus trauma, people that like, from what I'm reading and things like that, when you have PTSD, if you're in a crowded area, you might literally have physical feelings that you are back, like your heart rate is racing, you're sweating, you have hypervigilance, like you're back in Iraq and Baghdad and you're hypervigilant and create, you know, like breathwork can help calm the symptoms can get your your breath work, you know, your heart rate down, but it's not unlocking the actual trauma that's associated with that. And that's where anyone that, um, you know, has experienced traumatic events and things like that, I'm just gonna say, you know, trauma, I invite you to explore like healing through that. And there, there's a lot of different ways to do that. There are evidence-based treatments that have been proven to have you know, good effect to do that. EMDR, PE, CPT, you know, there's a lot of things out there that I invite you to research and look into um, because that can actually heal you through it rather than coping with the symptoms. And that was something that I was just frustrated about with my mom's treatment as I've looking back is she just got heavily medicated, mm -hmm. you know, like she just got pills to help with the depression well, that then caused her to be constipated. Then they gave her pills with that, which then caused her to be this. So then they gave her. And by the end of the day, she's taken 10 pills because they all counteract each other. And, you and know, if she misses so, one, then there's, there goes the day, you know? And so, um, yeah, man, it's just been my battle. I think in my late twenties and thirties to say, these are things that I've experienced in my life that I'm, I'm really passionate about health and fitness and like mental health being a big part of that because I've seen firsthand what it does to me and my loved ones, you know, whether it's been good or absent, both of them have been learning examples for me that what helped me get into the industry I'm in. And I just want to keep pushing other people to, um, explore their, their own treatments, whether it, you know, there's a sport for everyone in my opinion, you know, maybe you hate running great, not running's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. 
pick up yoga, pick up badminton, tennis, volleyball, rollerblading, skiing, cross-country skiing, swimming. There's so many different sports. Oh, I like dancing. Great. Go take a Zumba class. You know, there's, there's really something for everyone. Just go move. Find some time out in nature. Get some sunlight. See, get some fresh air and move a little bit. You do that, you're going to be a little bit better, you know. But if you've really experienced something, explore like really getting, I think, treatment for it, you know. Yeah, it's it's refreshing to see there's uh, still organizations out there. And I'm not saying anything about like Headstrong. I don't know how their uh, uh, how their program works as far as therapy, things like that, or how they treat, uh, but it's refreshing to see that there are still those organizations out there that believe more heavily on, Hey, let's actually treat this person as opposed to just throwing all the meds because that's so much how it is these days. Like, especially generation like us and younger, uh, it's just everyone and not saying anything about anyone who has these things, but you know, everyone says, lots of people say they have some kind of PTSD from, something and self-diagnosed lots of people say they have some kind of depression self-diagnosed lots of people say they have hardcore anxiety self-diagnosed again some people actually might not saying anything against anyone yeah but a lot of those times that self-diagnosis they use that as a crutch and excuse for smoking weed all the time and sometimes actually getting legitimate prescriptions and being self-reliant on those yeah and it's just it's gotten to a point where um uh, I recently, I'm not going to name names, recently had a family member, a young family member, who uh, the, one of the doctors said, oh, we think they might have ADHD. And one of the first things, if I, wrong. If I, if I recall the story correctly, one of the first things they suggested was like, hey, we, we got some meds we can put them on. And uh, thankfully, the parents like jumped on it, like as far, not, not jumped on it, did it, but like, nope, we're going to, nope, we got it. We'll handle it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very drug induced society that we have today, and it's uh, it's crippling us as a society. It really is. I think we've lost the idea of what medicine is. It's like you're not supposed to take a medicine forever. Yeah, you know your medicine is supposed to fix you, and then you go about your life. Like, yeah. And I, I just you know I think as athletes, all of us can agree, or people that are in the the health and fitness and wellness industry, that health that general term is, is a lifestyle. It's the decisions, you know, being healthy and I'm using that air quotes to me is an accumulation of a thousand decisions throughout your day. Do I get extra sugar in that shot of coffee? Do I get black? Do I get this? Do I get the burger with that? Or I, do I get the salad? All these decisions, what time do I go to bed? What do I, you know, all these things make a healthier person versus, you know, like decisions where like, Hey, I'm going to go eat this, drink this, smoke this, whatever. And so that, that's something I really try and push my clients is that it is a comprehensive lifestyle change. There is no single pill that's going to make you get a six pack. There's no workout that you're doing that is like, Oh man, I didn't know that if I would have done this one flutter kick, that's the secrets to getting abs. Like, no, mm-hmm. there is no secret. You know, like, you got to have lower body fat percentage. You got to, yeah, you got to train, but you just, 
It's about your diet more than, or your nutrition more than anything. I love that you, you said know? that. Like, and so I, I just, it's really tough, I think, because there's clickbait on the internet, you know? For me trying oh, yeah. to build up a social media page, if I'm on here getting like, hey guys and girls, this is the keys to, you know, being healthy. You need to move, da- like saying basically the truth, no <laughs> one wants to hear that. But if I came on here, hey everybody, drink Zenify, that's how I got ripped tonight. You know, like that's what they want. They want the shortcuts. They want the easy answer. Also, yep. I should probably be shirtless because, you know, you got to be shirtless to tell a story gotta be. on there. Yep. And, it, you know, it's just so funny. Like, <laughs> it's it's just a crazy world we live in, man. Just sex. That, was, you that know? was a lot of my, that was a lot of my beef with the uh, virus of unspecified origin. You know, a lot of the people that were affected the most were people that were just not healthy or yeah. old. And it was like, maybe you should try taking a walk during the daytime sometimes. <laughs> well, that takes, me, that takes me back to uh, the office when, uh, uh, when uh, Dwight did that fire drill and Stanley had a heart attack. Yeah. And Dwight, Dwight got pulled in for a disciplinary meeting. You gave Stanley a heart attack, and Dwight says something along the lines of, oh, I'm responsible for years and years of bad eating and lack of exercise. Greatest freaking point ever. Dwight Schrute had a lot of good points. I'll just say Dwight. Out of his damn mind. Upstairs, I have a tank top that says uh, Dwight Schrute's gym for muscles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ryan, Rain Wilson, is that his name? Rain Wilson. Mm-hmm. That actor nailed that character, man. Like he, I mean, there were so many classic characters in that. Mm-hmm. That show was so stacked, but his character Dwight was for me the most memorable. Like he, he just stood out. He was such a unique character that it was just like, oh my god, like you nailed mm-hmm. it, dude. The last two seasons don't count. And yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Creed guy. Yeah, oh, Creed's the best. Creed's the best. He was a writer, right? Or he was a well, he, or something? So he was a his, musician back in the day. Yeah, he wasn't even like really supposed to be a character in the show. He was just a. So he was originally in a band way back in the day, mm-hmm. and his whole thing was he was just going to be a background guy because he was just doing it for shits and giggles. Yeah, and then. They asked him something on camera one time, and he said something off the wall, and they're like, "We're going to run with this." Yeah, that's like, just how all it right, went. you're in. Yeah, yeah. I it's actually, pronounced colonel. It's the highest rank in the military. <laughs> I actually uh, recently found out from my brother. I guess the first season, which the first season was only like six or seven episodes, super mm-hmm. short. Uh, I guess the people reviews, uh, people's reviews of Michael were awful. People hated him, uh, couldn't stand him, wasn't likable, whatever. So they uh, in the next season they changed up his hair, changed his personality, and made him dress a little bit nicer. And then all of a sudden, started liking him. Well, because it's it was you know based off the the English British movie. series. Yeah, if you ever watched the British series, like Ricky Gervais's character, you're like, oh, I oh I hate your cuts. <laughs> so I, you know, like so that was like what you were what they were going for the kind of thing. So yeah, they had to change mm-hmm. it. Like all right, yeah. This isn't, yeah. Yeah. Americans don't have the capacity for this. We got to make him uh-huh. a little bit likable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, tangent horn. Yeah, that was a, that was a great big one. Um, no, I I definitely definitely love what you're saying as far as like 
health and fitness, it is a lifestyle. It's, yeah. there is no, there is no one thing that's going to fix everything. That's why I've been telling people, especially a lot lately, since it is still, um, a new year's resolution series, probably until let's say probably end of February is when people generally start falling off the train. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep going to the gym. It can suck sometimes, honestly, yeah. eating healthy. It can suck sometimes, honestly. And so I always tell people, friends, family, clients, whatever, keep going, keep pushing until you start seeing results. Then when you start seeing results, that's when it becomes an addiction, a good yeah. addiction. Um, and recently I heard a, uh, sorry, I don't remember where I heard it. Some <laughs> say what? I don't know if you heard that, but ding, that was my fault. That's, uh, oh, no worries. Uh, recently I heard, I think it was a speech some Navy SEAL gave to like a bunch of Navy SEAL um, trainees or something like that. Uh, and it kind of stuck with me. He told them, whenever you think about quitting, just quit tomorrow. Say, I'll quit tomorrow. And then the next day when tomorrow comes, tell yourself again, eh, I'll quit tomorrow. And that's actually been kind of sticking with me. And that's actually been helping me on those days where I'm just tired as hell and really don't yeah. feel like working out. Just like, you know what? I'm not going to skip today. I'll skip tomorrow. So, yeah, I, yeah. I like that, man. I, yeah. I always like push or, you know, like when you, when you start having a role in your friend group or your family group, like for me, I've ingrained myself as like the fitness guy of my friends, mm -hmm. my family. So they come to me and ask and something they always ask me is like, all right, well, how am I going to get to point X? You know, I'm training for a marathon and I haven't even run before or whatever it is, is I'm like, you can't look at the finish line because the finish line feels so far away that you're never going to be able to get there. What you have to measure are those micro improvements and it's the accumulation of all those that are going to get you there. So you got to take them in smaller increments, you know, like start out small because that is something that's manageable. If you try and go out and run the first couple weeks, 10 miles a day, you're going to obviously hurt yourself or burn yourself out. You can't do that. Yeah. And it's that accumulation of like, okay, I'm going to do a mile on Monday. Then on Thursday, I'm going to do another mile. And then next week I'm going to do 1.2 miles, you know, or whatever. And you slowly <laughs> build up to it. That's a good way to view in my way, a healthier way to obtain your goals in the fitness realm, mm -hmm. you know, make them bite size, you know? Yeah. And then the other thing is don't, compare yourself against others. I know it's like very tough not to, you know, it's hard for me living in LA because people are driving around Lamborghinis and stuff. And it's just like, that's not my world. That's their world. That's great. Let me be happy with me. You know, whatever. That's my own baggage. But, um, when, you know, I heard this in a yoga class and it's one of the deepest wisdoms I've ever heard is that comparison is the thief of joy. And, I'll tell you what, it really is, you know, there's nothing like going and getting a great workout and then you walk out and you see that ripped dude in the gym and then you compare yourself like, wow, but I'm not that ripped. Like mm -hmm. just a moment ago, you felt amazing, you know, so why do you got to compare yourself to that person? Just kind of telling a little story of what I like to think of is compare yourself to last week, you last week. Don't compare yourself to others, but care, compare yourself to other versions of you. And mm -hmm. that's where you can start seeing, because when you're first getting into training, your weight's not going to fluctuate. It actually is probably going to go up a little bit, 
because as you're turning like muscle into fat, sometimes I've had clients like gain weight in the beginning because they're like yeah. getting kind of thicker. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, but can you do now 10 push-ups without your arms shaking instead of five? Yeah. yeah. Actually, I can. And the workouts get easier and you can do a little bit more. Those are the little micro changes that you need to keep going. Those are the little wins that keep you going in the beginning before you get to the point where you're saying, Danny, maybe a month, six weeks where you start to notice like, oh, I do look a little bit different. And mm -hmm. then that's when it's usually – but. In the beginning, it's like that first four weeks, you don't have a lot of going off of, but it's got to be how you feel. And that's usually where you can start, you know, especially I advise people to take notes. All right, if you do this workout, how did it feel when you're doing those sets? And how many reps were you able to do? Because maybe the next week you can do more reps. And you know, mm -hmm. like I actually felt great or shit, I was dying. I was sweating my ass off. I was heart rate burning after each exercise. You know, those are the things that you can you can track, you know, yeah. going back to what you were saying about, uh, uh, comparison is the, what was it? Comparison thief is of the joy. I've heard it. Two ways. I've heard it's the comparison is the thief of joy and comparison is the enemy of joy. Both work. So, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit because I know motivation is different for every person. It really yeah. is. Um, so for me, that doesn't like that doesn't work at all. Like I need to see people that are in better shape than me because that drives me. Because honestly, I'm the biggest compromiser you'll probably ever see in your entire life. Honestly, it's it, it's pretty bad. Like if I was the only person on the planet, then I'd look at my body and be like, eh, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But uh, just kind of seeing those people that are, I definitely men in general, but you know, I have a very competitive attitude. So seeing those people, those guys in the gym that are there just as much as I am, if not more, I have to keep pushing. I have to compare myself to them. My big, I've said on the show a couple of times that my big fitness push, uh, the really big one that like changed my entire life, happened about a year ago when I was doing the online dating thing, and this uh, this girl for no reason at all just like went to town on me about how out of shape I was, had a spare tire under my shirt, no muscle definition. Uh, blah blah blah, and it, it, yeah, completely unprovoked and everything like that. And yeah. it's like, I, I, I thought that was like that's a shitty thing to do. I didn't, didn't say anything to you, but at the same time, I was actually kind of grateful because it lit a fire under my ass. And it's like people generally, like obviously, kind of excluding the fit the fitness trainer world, people are nice. You know, like they'll tell you, like, oh yeah, you look good, you look fine. No, you don't look that big. You know, yeah. like as far as my family, I'm even at my worst. I, I said outside of the fitness trainer. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like as far as my family, even at my most out of shape, I was still by far in the best shape. No disrespect to my family. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, like I needed that mean, mean, mean lady to, t to tell me <laughs> that I looked like shit and I felt like shit. And I need that active comparison. Like, like, fuck, Jimmy's in the gym right here next to me and shit, he's getting bigger than me. Oh, fuck, no, we can't have that, you know? So I def different people get motivated in different ways. And I can definitely understand the discouragement. I can definitely understand that, but it just kind of goes to difference for different purposes. I, I agree. And because, Danny, I'm the same way. What motivates <clears> me is the, is the comparison of, like, there is better. I can keep pushing because, you know, I think when we settle for where we're at, you know, 
we, we don't push through and get those plateaus, you know, it, it yeah. drives us to get to that next level and stuff like that. It's the same for me with training. Like I would prefer training with people a little bit better than me. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm training with a bunch of average Joes and I'm just saying that in general, you know, average Joes, whatever, it's not going to motivate me. I'm not going to go as hard as if I'm, you know, in a room with like other fitness industry people that are all ripped, all in shape. I'm going to mm-hmm. be there. Like, I want to show them I deserve to be here. You know, yeah. I'm with yeah. you. But yeah. what I think there needs to be, because then where does it ever stop? And that's where I think we've all probably encountered people in our lives that can take fitness and health and anything to an extreme where mm-hmm. then you oh, develop yeah. an eating disorder because you don't think you're skinny enough, even though you look amazing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just imagining I'm, I, I've dated a girl that had body dysmorphia. She looked amazing, but like she never thought that. And, you know, there, there can be things that psychologically, um, it can be detrimental. And that's where it's like mm-hmm. too much of anything is a bad thing. You know, yeah. I think balance and things like that is just the universal, like, you know, balance in all things, moderation in all things. My yeah, balance my logo <laughs> yeah, is a no, knockoff of the yin yang. Yeah, that 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 that, that, like, that was my design. Yeah. No, I want Jake. I want to get your take on this because your entire sport's about comparison in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jake trains um, uh, competitors for stage. Okay. Bodybuilders. Yeah. So one of the biggest things issues I have with people that, uh, especially when they're in a, a a place where they're training around other bodybuilders. It's always, well, I don't look like them. I don't look like them. I don't look, and it's, you look like you. Yeah. And of course, the whole sport is subjective. Obviously, that's how you win or lose is based off of, of people sitting at a table's opinion. But the mentality I try and train into my people is you're going to be the best you there. At the end of the day, Yes, like, yes, would would winning be great? Absolutely. But what you are doing is you are building yourself to be the best you for this stage. So no matter what you put up on that stage, it will be the best you that you have ever been for this sport. So you've already won. The thing is, everyone else there has done the same damn thing. Yeah. Shiny, shiny, especially at the NPC level, it's like, oh, congratulations on your cheap trophy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something shiny, something, you know, but. Dude, I I love that about the best version of you and being able. And I think the difference is, and this is one of those things that I think yogi philosophers help you try and get to that manifestation stage is when you can be content with that, that Mm -hmm. I got to the best version of me and maybe my best version Danny's best version is better and actually being okay with that, which is very difficult. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the same way as like, Hey, I want to have the best version of me to provide for my family. Jake actually will go with you. You got three, you got six rugrats around there. I know I can imagine you want to provide for them. You want to give them a really good life Mm -hmm. because you know, every father, mother wants to do that. They want their kids to have a good life. And if you do your damn best, you're working a side hustle, whatever, and you provide that for them and whatever that looks like, being happy in that and not looking over at the Joneses next to you 
who drive a slightly bigger car or better car, a bigger house, their kids are wearing Nikes compared to whatever brand, you know, like, and you being okay with that because you know that you provided the best that you can. That though is a very hard thing to get to. And that's where I think it's almost spiritual in nature. You know, it's almost that Zen kind of mindset of someone else's success shouldn't worry about my happiness and my happiness shouldn't be. And that's a hard thing to get to, man. That's like, well, if I had an answer to that, I feel like, <laughs> you know, what's, well, I tell people all the time, especially because, especially when it comes to bodybuilding, it's, you are going to learn so much about who you are through this. Yeah. Because especially towards when you're actually, so I mean, if there's like the stuff you do throughout the year to build, maintain and grow or whatever. But when you're getting down deep into the nitty gritty of the prep, that's when you figure out who you are and what you can really uh, the, like the nastiness you can push through to get that lean because all your survival instincts are like, no, 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 no. And it, <laughs> because, yeah, you know, because you're trying to, you're trying to bring that skin to as close to the muscle as possible. And it's going to hurt. And you're hungry and you're tired, you know, like, and then if you're taking uh performance enhancers on the side of it too. So you've got all, you have, hormone fluctuations and different things like that. And it's like, okay, but can, had, how can you persevere through this? Yeah. And and then you prove, not only you're proven that you are on an animalistic level, you're adaptable, but mentally you're, you're strong. And that's why bodybuilding is also not like, like just like every other sports, not for everybody. There's people that have competed that should have never touched it Yeah, because bodybuilding will ruin them. Yeah. But, um, there's the people that are successful in the sport. I'm not even talking at the top of the sport, but like people that took bodybuilding and turned it into not even a fitness career even, but like I can do this. It's, I, it's one of the best personal things you can do for yourself. I think. Yeah. I agree, man. I, I mean, I got a lot of respect. People give them like, Oh, well you're not an athlete. You're not doing any sports, man. The discipline and grit that they have, it is such a, you know, there was times it's that I, unrivaled. It, unrivaled. it really is, man. There, I have one female friend that does it and man, she is disciplined as hell. Like she'll bring her meals on plane mm -hmm. rides where she goes places. And it is just a different mindset, you know, like I think my biggest weakness, even in general health, not like I'm competing or anything, but you know, I want to look a certain way. I know how I look and uh, online, you know, like it matters if you're like a little bit better or whatever, more clicks, likes, and that means more deals or whatever, uh, is eating with friends. It's really mm -hmm. hard. Other people being around other, like if I was alone, I am disciplined as shit. I will eat the <clears throat> same exact thing every day and I'm fine with that. But then the world and comes around <laughs> invites mm -hmm. me to drink a beer, go celebrate this. Let's have a shot. Let's eat here. And then it's like, well, there's the challenge. And the people that mm -hmm. can stand with that, hats off to them, man. That that right there is why I always pre for people who are not bodybuilders <laughs> for yeah. my basic. Uh, I mean, I generally do just basic, basic um, functional fitness um, and just overall health and wellness. That's why I preach uh, nutrition over diet, which I've heard you say that too, which is yeah. why I love it because it's like. You know, a lot of people don't want to be doing tracking calories every single yeah. day. And hey, it's really not for everyone. Um, a lot of people don't want to be or want to be able to go out and have a beer with friends, have a drink every now and again. And what I say to them is, you know what? Hey, 
go do it. But honestly, as long as it's like a, a estimation, like a 90% to 10% ratio or something like that, you are yeah. massively out eating health wise, yeah. healthy stuff compared to the unhealthy stuff. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Like one yeah. bad meal in one day is not going to undo your entire month of being good. One yeah. bad, actually, you know what? Screw that. Even, and if you guys disagree, feel free to jump in. I would even say a full day, three full meals of shit meals. You're going to feel like crap, but I don't think that's going to, that's not going to undo gonna one undo whole month. month. That's yeah, not going to undo a whole month. You're going to feel like crap and it might set you off for a couple of days. Like you'll be out of your groove for a couple of days. Feel like shit. But, um, it's, but again, do not take that as, Hey, I'm going to have a cheat day once a month and mm-hmm. I'll be fine. You know what I mean? Just or, or like do it in moderation. Exactly. Cause it, I'm also not, and by the way, I just want to set like a, like a, if it's cool, like in five minutes or so, just cause like I got an early yeah. morning tomorrow. No, no, yeah. no, 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 okay. no, you're good. We're, we're, we're pretty close to wrapping. Okay. Anyways. Is some of my clients would ask me about like, Oh, well, are you cool with a cheat meal or can I have a cheat day? And for me, it's again, kind of how you're going Well, moderation, because I don't think, you know, or I just see it's an easy, slippery slope. And it's, again, a mindset thing, in my opinion. So much of it is a mindset. Um, is if you're expecting a cheat day every single Sunday is your cheat day, to me it's like it can then change the way you train throughout the week. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's just a celebratory, like tonight, I you know, not every week the Bengals are going to win. And, you know, this was a very special occasion. So, yeah, I had some beers. But I'm not going to have beers every single this, or I'm not going to, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I like to push my clients to or suggest having it for a special occasion. It's your daughter's birthday. Sure, I'm going to have a piece of cake then, you know, because that's going to happen once a year. But if it's like every Sunday I get to go do whatever the heck I want, I feel like it then gets you – Maybe it's not everyone, but it's a slippery slope to allow you to get off the the yeah. straight narrow path. And the hardest thing I think about a fitness lifestyle, and Jake, you get this more than anything because you're training bodybuilders, is the discipline to make those decisions every single time. Because <laughs> every day at the office, people might have exposure to donuts, muffins, and things that they have to say no to. And if you make it an easy yes every Sunday because of that, I feel like it might be easier to say yes other times. Yeah. Ways, you know, and I know that's like a very like fine-tuned mental thing. But, no, but it's, it's completely true. I it's feel like totally the mental true. game is the hardest aspect of anything that requires discipline. The physical aspect will come, you know, you, you'll train your body there. But training that mind, man, that's why I also love – I'm a big proponent of cold showers. If you mm-hmm. can sit under that cold ass shower and just soak it in and then breathe through it, you realize like, damn, man, we are resilient people. Humans are resilient. Mm-hmm. You can go through some shit if you just get that mind right. And then once you mm-hmm. do that, you mm-hmm. know, it, I mean, shit, anyone that's gone through basic training or some of these crazy boot camp stuff. You know, any of the special forces, like, damn, that mentality of like, yeah, man, I can get through anything. That's going to serve you more than anything, you know? And I tried. Yeah, man. God, I love it. I wish we could go work. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I wish we could go work out right now, man. I'm (laughs) I'm like, 
I'm, I'm sobered up now, and I'm just ready. Like, shit, let's go work yeah. out, guys. Let's go huh. do a murder. Oh, thank, thank, thank goodness you're getting ready to go to bed. Later. Danny, we'll meet at your house. We'll do a little wad together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, man, the cold showers thing, I tried it for a while, and I'm a big, so my degree is in health and fitness, like, the, I, I dig deep into the science of this stuff, I've done the, I've done all the peer-reviewed research, and it does have a good amount of merit, it really, it really does, it can be really great for you, but I'm not gonna lie, I tried it for about a month back in 2020, and that was when I discovered, I'm a bitch, I couldn't do it, <laughs> I tried it, I did it for I did it for about a month, and uh, oh my god, it's just like physically, I I know I can take it. I mean, you, you can take it, but it's just oh my gosh, just I was not mentally strong enough to do it, honestly. And every now and again, I think about trying it again, but then I think, I mean, I don't hate my life that much today. Maybe tomorrow. Do this, uh, do this, Danny. Do like so. warm, cold, warm, or like cold, warm, cold. So like like in, in one shower like or, or day after day. No, no, no. I mean, like, in the same shower. Like, okay. you know, rarely, unless it's the summer. The summer, I'll take a cold shower all day because it's hot as shit. So it's like, no. I want that. But when it's cold in my apartment, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I'm not doing I'm not taking a cold shower the whole time. But I'll go in cold for the first 15 seconds, not even all the time. I'll be honest. I'm not doing that every time. Mm. I, try, I try to do it. I'll do it 50% of the time, to be honest. But I'll do cold for, like, 10, 15 seconds. Then it'll be warm. Then I wash up and then I end with like a minute of cold. And so it's not the whole time. I still get the yeah. warm, but it's like yeah. there's a moment that I'm getting the benefit of it. But I'm not like it's not sucking yep. the whole time. So that might be a good compromise for you. All right. I'll try it again. I'll yeah. try it again because I guess I kind of hate my life these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> I think that about wraps up. We've definitely covered a very vast variety of topics. Although, with a very, man. very large amount of tangent horns tonight. But you know what? I love it. One of our, uh, honestly, probably one of my favorite interviews so far. So, Matt, thank you so much dude, for joining us. Time, man. You guys are easy uh, to talk to, dude. I feel like we were friends for years now. I dig it. I dig <laughs> it. Hey, if you're ever up north, give me a call. We'll go grab beer and go. I love it. I want to say do a workout, but your workouts and mine sound vastly different. So maybe we'll just work out next to each other, doing our own thing. Dude, I'm cool with that. But I also love, I love doing different styles of workouts, man. Oh yeah. One of my favorite workouts to do is bar, which is like ballet styled workouts. A, I'm one of the only guys that are in the class. So that's always dope, you know? (laughs) And then also it's like, dude, that stuff kills you, man. It's like Mm -hmm. all core and leg focused. And it will work you in ways that, you know, like, I think I have strong legs, but I do a bar class and I'm fucking drenched. And it is burned, man. So I love trying different workouts. So, Danny, I'll, I'll yeah, do yours. Always. Well. And then, <laughs> then the I next day, you do my style. Then I guess I'll have to do yours out of, yeah, out of this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if you guys want to reach out to us, definitely hit up our For the Love of Fit media. You can find us on Instagram at For Love of Fit or reach out to us by email at the number For Love of Fit at gmail.com. We're always down to take episode requests, guest requests, or if you even have uh, questions, we definitely got no problem answering them on air. Uh, you can reach out to me personally at blakeshealthandfitness at gmail.com. My Instagram is deactivated for the time being. I'm taking a bit of a social media cleanse. But the For the Love of Fit um, Instagram is still active, and I'll be checking that regularly. Cool. So some might say that's counterproductive, counterproductive <laughs> to my cleanse. And to them, I say... 
That went blank. <laughs> he sure did. Oh, there he is. Uh, <laughs> and to them, I say, well, you can you can screw right off. <laughs> yeah. Jake, hit it. Well, you can get a hold of me at jdhoward0311 at gmail.com or uh, follow the Sober Swole Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at hatejoward. Um, get at me. I, I'm i still coaching. If uh, you hit me up and we don't vibe, I know a multitude of great coaches that I can send you to. And uh, Matt. Tell them about you. Where can they find you? How can we find you? What's up, man? Well, you can find me at Redondo Beach. I'll be the long, blonde-haired dude, rollerblading, shirtless. But if you're not here, oh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I want to clarify. You'll be the only one. I'll be the only dude. Trust me. You'll know when you're I'm there, man. <laughs> you'll be like, all right, dude. I I get it, man. You will be. I'll probably. I have a hard time great. believing that. I have a hard time believing that in L.A. that you'll be the only. The one hair, blonde, <laughs> shirtless dude rollerblading. I just find that very hard to believe. But I said Redondo Beach, though. So okay, clarify, fair. I did say that. No, I'm just <laughs> Okay. Okay, that's uh, fair. That's fair. And, uh, um, but yeah, um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, my social media handle is Feldhaus Fitness. Feldhaus is the German spelling. F-E-L-D-H-A-U-S. No I in there, Danny. Just mess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, reach out to Burka. me, man. Hit me up. I love to talk fitness. Share workouts. If you're local to LA, I'd love to come check out one of your workouts. Or if you wanted to get together and do something, hit me up. Big proponent of anything health, wellness, and I support Jake and Danny, what they were doing and what they're trying to do with this community. It's awesome to hear veterans come together and just, you know, for those that don't know, we never really have talked except today. And it just, yeah. Sometimes there's that bond immediately. You just get it. Yep. And uh, these guys feel like my brothers in the first hour. And I, I love it, man. So thank you guys for inviting me. I'm happy to come back anytime. And hopefully yeah. we can get a workout in or something together. Yep. Sounds great. Hey, thank you for joining. We'd love to have you again. Uh, to everyone else listening, please forward this to your friends, family, loved ones, or even people you hate. We don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone have a fantastic day. And until next time, stay fit. We go. Take care, guys. Good night, brothers. Later, man. Night.